Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Duane. What's going on, Sebastian? We got three v three coming up this weekend. Th- this is crazy. Like it, end of the rec nuts. season. End of the rec season. It feels like the fall has completely passed by. Um, and all of a sudden, it's it's, it's going to be done, and the rec season is going to be done, and we're going to be off for like five months. Five months, and it's going to be cold, but hopefully, we'll have gym space for our travel teams. We we will definitely have uh, gym space for our travel teams, so we will be uh, out there. So double double park uh, it up. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, man, the GM was cold last night. Um, I. Jeff and Derrickson were laughing because I had a hoodie and then I wore my parka and they were like, what are you cold? I was like, I'm going to be warm when I leave this field. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, so how, how are we looking for the, um, for the three V three tomorrow? Three V three. We've got like 78, 80 teams registered to play. So that's good. Um, boys and girls, U eight all the way up U eight, U 10, U 12, U 14 teams all signed up. So we've got a ton of, we have like 130 games um, on the schedule. So tons of soccer, um, tons of, I think we talked about this last week, tons of crazy names. Um, oh, yeah. Uniforms, you know, communicating with parents all week, uniforms are being ordered um, or created. You know, you're going to see some wacky hair. Um, so it's looking good. Um, should be a great event. Weather looks good. It shouldn't be freezing tomorrow it's a good thing i think it's getting up to the 50s so it'll be cold in the morning but then it'll be up to 50s so it'll be that'll be really fun no i'm I'm looking forward to it well we'll get some footage from from the games out there yeah i think we're gonna get the vo's out there we're gonna try to see if we can get some goals and saves of the well no saves of the week because there's no, no saves there. may have some no slide tackling never mind no, no slide tackling no no slide tackling but but we may get some goals of the week we'll maybe we might just do like a top 10 uh, 3v3 goals of the games that we capture. So ultimately, you know, it's, we, we, we might, be, might not be able to get every game, but we'll, we'll get some of them. Um, uh, but yeah, so goals of the week, goals and saves of the week. Uh, week three uh, just passed, just finished. Uh, so the big winners, I mean, I think you're the big winner this week. Yes, sir. Uh, so Matthew Britz with the save of the week and Noah Hearn with the goal of the week. Let's go rounding them up, racking them up to it's uh, two time swept the swept the uh, uh, save in the gold week. Two thousand nine. I mean, ulti- ultimately, this yeah, this is the first time we, we get the we get the team sweep. Let's go. So this I'm actually real, might also be the first time we had a goal and a save of the week from the same. Oh no, we didn't. We had we had yeah we had we had them from the same team. Uh, I don't know if we've had them from the same game though, but yeah. There you go, goal and save of the week. Uh, brought to you by the 2009 boys this week. Must be that. It must be that coaching. It must be the coaching. So uh, was Rob out there that week? Because it must. Uh, be he might have been there, but it must be the coaching. So, so yeah. So congratulations to to Matt Matt Britt and Noah Hearn on their uh, goal and save of the week or saving goal of the week. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to this week. I think. Uh, I think. I think there's a little sibling sibling rivalry going on now. 
from, from the Brits is on, on who makes it who makes it the most amount of time. So uh, and the Hearns. And the Hearns, that's right, yeah, and the Hearns. So, uh, so, so Joey might Joey might be making it in today. Uh, I think we have five different goal scorers, five different goalkeepers this week. A lot of teams in action last weekend. Yes, absolutely. So I'm excited for it. I think this week coming up will be our last week, uh, just because teams kind of we we kind of die down as far as like what uh how many games and stuff like that we have going on after that. So this will, this next we'll week charging the VO up at Cecil. Yeah. We might be able to get some tournament, some tournament games. Um, and maybe we'd be able to do it, some tournament recaps, but um, it gets tougher when, when not everyone's playing at the same time, it gets a little harder to, to try to get games and stuff like that filmed. Talk to the tournament um, director at Cecil about getting an extension cord. <laughs> hey, by the way, we got to charge our VO. Can I get the Wi-Fi passes? So I can upload uh, the uh, upload the games, please. <laughs> um, all right. So going on to the Champions League, Dwayne. Um, what a what an interesting week of Champions League games. Uh, match day four out of six. Yeah, you had some teams that stamped their uh, ticket into the round of sixteen already. Some teams that are falling behind into in comparison to where they expected to be. Um, two first half red cards in two of the games uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Dortmund getting getting in the early red card uh, for Hummels and Atletico Madrid. Felipe getting thrown out for walking away from the referee. Uh, about to get a yellow, and he decides to not turn around and walk away, and so he just goes into a straight red. Learn the day, yeah. So, um, you know, Liverpool obviously with four wins, Ajax turning obviously. Them around in the group of death. Yes, yeah, which four is wins. Um, Ajax turning around against. Uh, Dortmund and ultimately and again being one of two teams or one of three teams with having won all four games so it's uh it's Liverpool, Ajax and Bayern uh with the 4-0 or sorry and Juve too. Yeah, four four teams. Four teams that are 4-0 right now. Oh, Juventus. Yeah. Uh Salzburg again the the you know ended up ended up losing their game. Uh to, to Wolfsburg, but still at the top of the table. And pretty much at this point, they're, you know, it's a tight group. You know, it's only only four points separate the bottom team and the top team. But um, with six points left to, left to play, I think Salzburg's kind of almost guaranteeing themselves a spot into that next round. The oh, Champions well, League. Don't speak, don't speak too soon. I mean, hopefully. Because they needed some heroics from Brendan Aronson, so... They got to take a care lot, of business. A lot would have to. A lot would have to go wrong for that to happen. But I don't know. Sevilla, um, Sevilla's down there in desperation land, so they may. It's true. I mean, they've gotten three draws, right? So they might turn the Jets on because they need to get to that Europa League spot, and it might throw some things off. There you go. Um, in Group F, which I think is an interesting group because it's Manchester United, Villarreal, Atalanta, and Young Boys. Um. You know, Manchester United getting the uh, getting the late the late uh, in heroics. Yeah, the late the late point from uh, thanks to Ronaldo and uh, in Villarreal. Um, 
beating young boys. But that group is still that that group is still a uh, a tight group. Again, only four points, very much like the Salzburg. Uh, two teams with seven, one team with five, and one team with three. So it's still a tight tight race. Barcelona with the with the important win against Dinamo Kiev. Um, Ansu Fati scores a goal uh, in the Champions League. First goal in the Champions League, I think, right? Um, uh, no, he's the youngest. Isn't he the youngest Champions League score like, uh, of this year or ever? Yes. I thought he was the youngest Champions League score for Barcelona as a 17-year-old. Oh, oh, maybe then. Okay, well, first goal, first Champions League goal this, this year, um, which, is, which is good um, for him, um, you know, under the new... Uh, and we're going to talk about Barcelona in a second, but but in the interim of uh, Sergi Barbuan uh, getting in the getting the game winner, which is good. Uh, that gets well. Breaking news: Xavi. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about Barcelona. We're talking about Barcelona. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, Real Madrid beating Shakhtar, Inter beating uh, Sheriff. Uh, but Sheriff still with six points. Sheriff is uh, pretty much almost <laughs> in that. Sheriff needs at least a tie to guarantee themselves a Europa League spot. Uh, in Milan, obviously the disappointment of the Champions League this year, uh, getting a draw um, against Porto and only having one point. Um, but Atletico Madrid, with their loss against Liverpool, you know they're only at four points. So, you know they could be a fight for the uh, for the for the Europa League between Atletico Madrid and Milan. Yeah. And Ansu Fati scored his first goal in the Champions League 2019 to 2020 at the age of 17 years and 40 days. There you go. He scored against Inter Milan in Milan. There you go. So thank you Um, for our marketing and analytics department for getting that upstairs (laughs) so quickly. Yeah, that was quick. That was very fast. Uh, Manchester City with the win. PSG with a late late tie against Bruges, in uh, Leipzig, uh, you know, with the loss against City, which Leipzig again somewhat disappointing season in comparison to what they've done the last couple of years in the Champions League. That's the group of death. It, it, like I, mean, I know we like pre-label the group of death, but when you look at the styles of all those all the teams, I would say this Man City PSG Bruges has been phenomenal. I think at it's times a, it has not it has not been a cakewalk for it, you know, any team. Even in the even though City won four one, it was still a, not an easy match for them against Bruges. Yeah, Bruges is not an opponent to sleep on. Like they've got some quality players. They've got a good style of play. Um, but I mean, again, when you got the bankroll like City, it becomes difficult to compete at times because they've got twenty five players to pick from. <laughs> Yeah, and Bruce probably has twelve or thirteen players they picked their eleven from. Yeah, but Bayern, um, man, like Lewandowski's on fire. They're running away. like seventeen goals scored and two goals allowed. Like they just obliterated the group stage. Yeah, I mean, outside of their loss the other day against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, where they lost five nothing. Yeah, um, they've had a crazy season. They lost a huge streak of like a uh, number of games with scoring at least one goal. Um, so, man, uh, so they, 
in the Europa last weekend League. a bunch of a bunch of top teams fell. That's true. Yeah. Uh in the Europa League, um, you know, Lyon's kind of running away with the group stage. They're the only team in the entire Europa League who's got four wins and four games. And every group since then after that, you know, they all have, you know, the top the, the three out of the four teams are are in close, you know, pretty close to each other. So that that spot for the playoff is uh is definitely in contention. Um the Europa League works a little different. Only the top group in each group, top team in each group uh, advances. And then there's a playoff uh, for the for the second place teams. And then the Europa Conference League. And ultimately, one of the big reasons why we why we are big, we are we are really interested in the Europa Conference League is because there are some heavy hitters on there. You know, you got you got a Roma, you got a Tottenham. Who are neither of them are in first place in their group. Dude, Tottenham has not won a trophy in five thousand in over five thousand days. So that's the interesting thing about about Tottenham, right? So Tottenham, so Nuno Nuno gets fired. Twenty four hours later, Conte comes in. Now, this is all coming in after a weekend where the rumor that Manchester was going to be looking for a new coach and Conte was ready to go. Did Tottenham fire Nuno just to hire Conte so that way United wouldn't get him? Absolutely. I mean, I think that you gotta you gotta play your cards right, right? Like, are you gonna? Well, no, actually, because United always says things that they don't do. Like, they've always talked about they're gonna sell Pogba. They've never sold well since he's been back. They've never sold Pogba or entertained any offers. They've always said they're gonna get rid of Ole. They've never done. They've never come. I mean, they've come close, but they've never, like, pulled the trigger. Like, it's always speculation. So I think, like you said, Conte had his bags packed. He was ready to go. So if you want to make a coaching change, make it right away. No speculation. Fire your coach. Bring in the coach you want. Let's keep the train rolling. There's too many matches to play. Got the FA Cup rolling around. Like, you got to get your squad ready. That's true. Um, So. We'll, we'll do a little manager carousel here for a second. Uh, so there was a rumor that Unai Emery was going to be leaving Villarreal because Newcastle, uh, with their new ownership, was coming in and... Uh, spending some cash. Spending some cash. But apparently Unai said, no, I am staying because I'm also in the Champions League, so I'm not risking leaving the Champions League that early. Um, yeah, it's Newcastle. Where's Newcastle in the standings right now? No European football next year. Uh, I mean, but again, if you got big money, big spending money, you got cash to, to blow uh, and potentially big stars are going to try to b- bring in some players. You're not bringing so, any players midseason. You're not, not midseason, no. But but it, but Unai Emery has come out and said that he is staying at Villarreal. So. Until the summer. <laughs> Until they're out of the, the, the Champions League and then he's back in. Um uh, so let's talk about the big news that just was announced today. Uh, this is breaking news. Uh, Xavi Hernandez is now officially the new manager at FC Barcelona. Or Barcelona FC. Make Tiki Taka uh, great again. So, yeah, so he leaves Qatar after originally not 
they were originally were not going to release him or they weren't going to try to, they, he wasn't like the club was not going to let him go. Uh, I don't know what was exchanged money or whatever was exchanged. Definitely a friendly, uh, definitely a friendly. Oh, for sure. A friendly, for sure. A friendly. Um, the Chavi Hernandez cup. Um, uh, so now Chavi is the new manager at Barcelona. Question. Man. Is this the right time? Um, I think Barcelona is against the ropes in the title fight. They're 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 desperate. So I think yes, Komen was a former player, but I think they're relying on one of their all-time greats to come in and restore the philosophy, restore it is a lot of pressure for Xavi right now. Xavi was always under pressure. Yeah, but it's just could this could this put his uh his legendary status at, at risk to a certain extent? No. no. I think I think Xavi plays well. Well, he definitely played well under pressure. I think he can handle pressure well. And I think just his knowledge of the systems, the personnel, the philosophies and all that stuff carries him into this managerial role. And not saying Barcelona is going to come back and win La Liga. I'm not going to say Barcelona is going to come in and win the Champions League. Not going to say, well, hopefully they can win the Copa del Rey. They win something. But I think you start to see the bounce back. I mean, Ricky Pooch played last weekend. Ricky Pooch yes. was getting four. He was generating the attack. Again, every time the kid comes in, he generates some attack. Like that, that, tiki-taka attack style of football we're used to seeing where the ball is moving they're looking for their they're patiently waiting for the moment to play the ball in to create those opportunities so not saying Xavi's going to play Ricky Pooch but he played in the system more recently than Komen and yeah. understands what the expectation is of the Barcelona way if you have not if you have not seen it yet uh, everyone needs to go to YouTube and look up uh the Xavi Hernandez, uh, the Xavi playing style tactics in and out of possession from Al Saad SC. Uh, it's a masterclass uh, from the coach's voice, YouTube. Uh, it's about 15 minutes. It is fantastic. Um, it, it, it gives you a preview of potentially what we could see at Barcelona, hopefully. Um, but the way he talks about uh, his possession style and, and, it's it's really really good. So if you have not checked it out, go to go to YouTube and type in uh, Chavi Masterclass or you know the coach's voice on YouTube. Um, all right, so we're we're gonna stay with Qatar for a second because I don't know if you saw this, but um, David Beckham has agreed to be the ambassador for the Qatar World Cup. No, I didn't see that. I saw David Beckham was at a basketball game, but I did not see that. Exchange, he is a, he is uh, he's going to be the cultural ambassador for the World Cup, the 2022 World Cup, in exchange for 200 million uh, euros or dollars. Uh, sorry, 200, yeah, 206 million dollars. So, um, is he, how much of that is being pumped into Inter Miami? <laughs> Who knows? But um, is he like is he is he is he trying to be the next Newcastle? Is he trying to be the Newcastle of MLS? <laughs> uh, so he's a cultural ambassador for the entire country, actually. And it's a ten year, it's a ten year deal. 
which ultimately be includes the, the World Cup. Um, he is receiving a lot of criticism, though. First of this. Dude, there's got to be some. I think what, like his kids are starting to get to the age that they might be going professional. They might be playing in Qatar. <laughs> there might be a lot of like. There's a lot going on. A lot of handshake deals going on in this deal. <laughs> it's interesting though because if you think about it, you know, uh, he's he's got his hand in a lot of a lot. You know, he's got the club. Um, obviously, he's tied in with MLS. Um, now he's going to put his face in in the in the country of Qatar and and trying to get drive people to the World Cup. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this World Cup. You know, we're we're a year away at this point from the World Cup. That's um, work to do, David. I I yeah, I still don't see how that's I I, I don't see how that's uh, how this World Cup's going to come together in a year, but apparently it's going to. So we'll see. They're qualifying for it, so they're they're going to play somewhere. The, yeah, they got to play somewhere. Um, all of a sudden, we're going to be playing this at uh, <laughs> what's uh, what's IMG look like for for December of uh, twenty twenty two? We'll be going out of Florida. Uh, I mean, hey, you saw MLS Disney, is next. MLS is next. Yeah, we're or MLS is back. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll seriously, I mean. I, that's what I'm thinking in the back of my head too. Is like, what countries can also, at the drop of a dime, host a World Cup? I mean, the U.S. in December is probably the best potential place for it. You know, Texas. outside of outside of uh, outside of college football going on in the in the NFL, you have you have this the stadium capability for it. I mean, I think we have enough. Um, I mean, college football kind of dies down in December anyway with conference championships. Yeah, you- I mean, you definitely you can host it in the stuff, south. But... Yeah, I mean, but there's enough people, people need jobs. That's right. You That's bounce right. that economy right back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> host the World Cup early, back to back World Cups. You got a lot of people employed. Yeah, there you go. Rose Bowl be out uh, there working hard. <laughs> Um, so speaking of the MLS, uh, the last game of the MLS is coming up on Sunday. Every single team plays on Sunday. The Eastern Conference, I believe, plays at three o'clock, uh, three thirty, three thirty, and then the uh, the West Coast teams, the Western Conference, plays at six o'clock Eastern. Um, obviously, Philadelphia Union locking in home and home field for the playoffs. Uh, now it'll just, it'll just really just be a matter of who they would play against uh, because they could end up between second and fourth depending on, on potential results. Um, but, you know, their last game is against NYC. Revolution ran away with the yes. league. Holy it's smokes. Incred- it's incredible. 20 points ahead. 20 like, points they've ahead. They've been sitting in that first round seat. They've been bringing in their 20. academy players. Yeah. Yeah, 20 points ahead in the uh yeah, and then um and then ultimately uh what uh 14 points ahead in the uh in the ultimate uh for the supporter shield. So yeah. Incredible season by by the New England Revolution. Um and then you got you got you know, you still have 
some some you know last minute spots to kind of fight for. Uh, Columbus, DC United, Montreal, all fighting to get in uh, against Red Bulls. Red Bulls sitting in in the in the last place of the the playoffs right now, um, which which is interesting considering that uh, Red Bulls have to play um, against Nashville. So it's you know Nashville's already in. All they're really trying to do is lock in second place potentially. So, you know, Nashville might be showing up with uh with this, with the B squad. I mean, it depends, right? Who do you want to play in the playoffs? Do you beat the yeah. Red Bulls and play like a play like a Montreal? Right. Yeah. Or do you play like a I hope DC United sneaks in there? I mean, it'll be definitely be interesting. Um, you know, because if you beat the Red Bulls, you potentially have to play the Red Bulls, depending on how the other results go your way. The Western Conference, I think, is the one that's got a little bit more, more, more interesting to it. It's more interesting because um, LA, LAFC and Real Salt Lake are sitting in ninth and eighth place. Um, but the difference between them and fifth place Minnesota is only three points. So potentially there could be a huge swing where the Los Angeles Galaxy, who are currently in the playoffs, could be out of the, could be sitting out of the playoffs. Same thing with Minnesota and Vancouver, because after that it'll go down really to goal diff and goal difference, and uh, and I don't know whatever the tiebreakers are in the MLS. Not really, not really sure, but it looks like oh, it no, could it's the great happen. Dan Simmons has always say Minnesota has a target on their chest. <laughs> Minnesota has a target on their chest, absolutely. But Colorado, um, again, and at the same time, Seattle, Sporting, and Colorado are all fighting for the first place. So depending on how the matches uh, shake out in in that part of it, um, you know, Colorado uh, plays LAFC, Sporting and Real Salt Lake play each other, and Vancouver and Seattle play. Uh, so the potential for for a switch in the first place will be will be in really interesting there as well. So um and then last uh, as far as the US is concerned, US men's national team. The 25 man roster was announced. Serginho Dest is out. Serginho Dest is out uh with a back injury. Uh so he's he's out for a bit. Uh so you know, from a goalkeeper perspective, the same three as last time, Sean Johnson, Zach Steffen, Matt Turner, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, from the defenders, really, again, nothing too crazy. Um, Joe Scally is now in the, in the, in the call, got the call up. Sam Vines, I think might, might've been in the last one. Um, you got a shout out to the hometown boy, man. Getting the call up. Mark McKenzie. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been consistent in it. Just naturally, a matter of him getting minutes at Genk in order to get some minutes in the in the national team. Um, Christian rolled down um, back in the squad. Obviously, the same midfielders as before: Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Gianluca Busio, Sebastian Legette, who is the constant staple. Uh, Weston McKinney, uh, Eunice Musa, and then up top we got Brandon Aronson, Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, uh, new newcomer into the squad. Ricardo Pepe, who's the, the the goal scorer that's been been coming in, Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah, uh, Zarda's out. Hold on, did you say Jesus Ferreira? 
Yeah. And the newcomer, do you see his caps and goal ratio? Well, I mean, he was he wasn't in the last one, was he? It's two for two though. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But he wasn't in the last one. Yeah. No, FC Dallas, man. They got some they got some ballers. They got ballers out there. So he's basically coming in for Zardes. Baller. Yeah. I mean, Christian Pulisic is back. So hopefully, hopefully that, that helps. Tim Way has been in good form. Um, so maybe he'll he'll get some minutes in there. So yeah, it'll be good to see uh Paul Ariola coming back, see what he's got coming off of that injury. Yeah. See, because he's he's a dicey player. I mean, it's two it's two really tough matches for the for the U.S. men's national team. You got um, Mexico at home, and then um, you go to Jamaica. So, so Mexico take at home. care of business against Jamaica. Yeah, but I mean, again, you're playing in in Jamaica though, so it's uh, it's it's not going to be an easy an easy match. Um, you know, if we're if we're looking at it from a Jamaican national team perspective, um, at home, they last time I mean they lost to Panama at home, um, but the last but then they tied to Canada, right? They tied Canada at home in the last in the last World Cup qualifier, so they're um, they're not they're not bad at home. Surprisingly enough, weirdly, uh, Jamaica's only had two home games. Everything else has been away. So saving it for the cold weather season. <laughs> um. All so right, uh, uh, Jesus Ferreira, yes, eight yes. goals and eight assists in twenty six matches for FC Dallas. Wow. And earlier this year in January. He had two goals and three assists in a friendly against Trinidad. There you go. So there you go. Um, would you rather have him or Giazzi's artist? Oh, I'd rather have him for sure, one hundred percent. Same thing with Ricardo Pepe, right? Like you want you want the guy that's the guy that's coming in, with the guy that's hot with, yeah, the guy that's hot there, perfect. Um, NWSL. So we're 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 getting close to the end of the year. Um, and that means the end of the, the regular season for a lot of teams. So the NWSL is in their playoffs. Um, so the way the NWSL works, top six teams make the playoffs, top two teams get a bye into the semifinals, and then there's a there's a, a quarterfinal uh, between third and sixth place. Uh, so, you know, three plays six, four plays five. So um, all those games are happening this Sunday. Uh, so Chicago Red Stars plays Gotham FC, and then the Washington Spirit plays North Carolina Courage, and then the weekend after that, on the uh, OL Reign, uh, will play in the semifinal against uh, the winner of OL Reign's coming in second. So they would play the winner of the third and uh, three and six, no four and five. Um. They play the winner of four and five. No, three and six. So they play the winner of Washington Spirit against North Carolina Courage. Uh, and then Portland Thorns would play the winner of the Chicago Red Stars against Gotham, I believe. That makes um, sense. Is Carly Lloyd still playing for Gotham or is she retired? No, she retired. She finally retired. She's no longer playing. 
there is no final comeback if Gotham FC makes the final. Carly comes back one more time. I was just making sure we weren't expecting any like allow me to reintroduce <laughs> myself moments. The final game. Wait, the last final game. Wait, no, this is the last last final game. Hold on, we made the finals. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I want to play again. Uh, um, so that final, that finally happening. Uh, obviously, we've talked about this before. Um, well, actually, they changed it. So the, the the location for the final is no longer being played in Portland. Uh, it is now going to be played at. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, at noon on Sunday or um, on Saturday, November twentieth. Louisville, uh, Kentucky. You think we got enough time to make it from North Carolina? We'll be in North Carolina that weekend. No, that's a far drive. Okay. All right. Well, never mind. Tennessee. That's like a five, six-hour trip just to Tennessee. You gotta go to Kentucky. Yeah. That way you're making it. Okay. All right. Um, you want to fly? Got some points. <laughs> All right, player of the match. Uh, my player of the match goes to Luis Vasquez. He is the starting forward um, for Boca Juniors, uh, who is coming in, and he, he is 20 years old. Scored a game again, the game winner in the Copa Argentina uh, semifinals. So Boca Juniors is on to the finals. So 20 year old has got a fantastic. Uh, Goal ratio right now, so it's my player of the match. My player of the match goes to Wilfred Zaha for his performance against Manchester City. Um, class act, drawing fouls, getting City, <laughs> baiting City into yellow cards, getting drawing a foul against Laporte, Eric Laporte, getting a red card. City goes down to 10 men, Palace finishes him off. Two nothing. So Wilfred Saha for his performance against the Giants of Manchester City. And then coming out after the game and saying, that was part of our plan. That was the game plan. <laughs> Get him out of here. And then denying the call up from the Ivory Coast. All in one week span. <laughs> All in one week, man. What a what a week for him. You say, I'm not playing for this country anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a week for him. Um, all right, uh, on this day in history, all right, so on this day in history, November 5th, um, so November 5th happens to be an interesting uh day because uh, 30 you were born on this ago, day, I was born on this day, that's right, yeah. Uh, so on this day in history, I was born. I don't know if I'm a soccer, like, I don't know if it's you know, it's part of the soccer history that I was born, <laughs> um. But but I do share I do share a birthday with uh, with four people that I thought were were uh, were it was good for us to know who they were. Uh, so Cesar Luis Menotti is the former Argentinian um, coach who was the coach in the 1978 World Cup that I Argentina won. So the first World Cup that Argentina won, he was the coach of that team um, and long long. Uh, manager of the Argentinian national team, uh, managed a bunch of other teams, played, had a long career as a player as well. Um, so he was one. Alejandro Sabella is another one. He passed away less than a year ago. He was the coach of the Argentinian national team in the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, um, who Argentina was in the final. For that World Cup, 
Um, then uh, I share a birthday with Casper Schmeichel. The keeper. The keeper. That's right. So, um, you know, I thought that was an interesting uh, um, interesting little tidbit. And then I also share a birthday with Marco Verratti. Little Marco. Little Marco. Center mid that now plays at PSG. Right? Yeah. Plays at PSG. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so those are the four people I share a birthday with. Interesting. There's a lot others, but but at least four that stood out for me. So happy Great. birthday to them. Happy well, birthday to them. Maybe they'll the shout Netherlands. you out on TV. Maybe Cash Respectful will shout you out this weekend. Yeah, if, we, if, he, if he makes a PK say or Marco Verratti scores a goal. Oh, yeah, Marco Verratti. Yeah, maybe they'll shout you out and sing you happy he pulls birthday. Out the, he pulls out the number five. Puts out the number five. For the five, yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, there you go, perfect. We'll do it. Fantastic. Um, all right, fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week goes to Kun Aguero. Uh, so Aguero has to be out for three months due to a, um, a heart issue that he has. Uh, so he had to get a procedure done. Um, so he's out for three months. So my fair play goes out to him because um, he is holding strong with the idea that he's going to continue to play. So I like I like that part of it. So I don't want to see him quit right away. I, I think we never really got to see what he could do at Barcelona. So I, I want to see him. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. You finally get to Barcelona. It's been tough. Finally get to play because he was injured for a while, and now you finally get to play. You play. And you're supposed to play with Messi. And... Yeah, huge. So my fair play of the week goes out to him. Who's your my fair, fair play, of play of the week goes out to the custodial staff. At Cavalier Stadium and the pre-K center there for all season being supportive and helpful, taking time out of their day to unlock the gate, light up the field, shut things down. So shout out to the two custodians there for being supportive of us because that's part of the job description where it says and additional duties as performed as needed or whatever it says. So we know we were pain, but Thank you for them. There you go. Fantastic. Well, make sure wherever you're listening, you subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, uh, continue to vote for the goals and saves of the week. Those will go out today for week four. Um, uh, Facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at the Union Soccer. Dwayne, next week, I believe next week we'll be announcing our Delaware uh, D Union Diamonds tryouts. Yes. So stay tuned for that as we announce our D Union Diamonds tryouts next week. We'll probably announce it on the podcast first. Um, so stay tuned for that. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.